Hello and welcome to Frost Media. I am Mr. Monday and joining me as always today, I've got JMO, Nazara Nation and Invader Sam. Hello, folks. Hello. 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 Hello there. Wow, the that rush is... challenge that you've been doing it's yeah, really I've, I've gone really nuts I really you screwed you up yeah. how is it how has it been how how are you feeling now after doing the ration challenge i mean I, I was excited to be able to eat like actual food you know at midnight um but my stomach is a lot smaller now so i just had some nuts and i was full <laughs> so uh you know, i was then... gonna say you probably haven't got the same appetite that you did i definitely don't I definitely do. So what, what were you eating across the week? So did you have set um, meals on this ration challenge? What were your meals each day? Uh, so it wasn't like it wasn't like a set meal plan, but it was um, ingredients that you could use were uh, rice, kidney beans, lentils, chickpeas, uh, flour and oil. And then you could earn by by kind of getting uh, donations. You could earn extra kind of like spice you know, two teaspoons of sugar, things like that. So it was quite uh, limited. And let me let me tell you guys, you eat rice and uh, flour and lentils for a week, you stop having normal kind of... Yeah, things. bowel movements. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it enough. We've no, heard no, of it. Enough. It's a bit weird when yeah. you feel like you need to go and you sit down and only farts come out. That's... That's... <laughs> And we'd like to apologise to any new listeners right now. Yeah. Here comes... Here, this is the tone for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> On a serious yeah. note, though, it definitely does make you think, like, this is all these kind of refugees have to eat in, in the camps and things. And it's very kind of, um, you know, nutritionally kind of deficient in a lot of, like, key vitamins. Like, all the, like the, cal- the calories, I guess, are there. But a lot of the kind of stuff you need to feel okay definitely isn't you know and i was really tired a lot of the time had headaches every day and i think isn't that, that isn't that funny that you had headaches every day i just i think that just goes to show how much sugar you actually consume <laughs> barely any barely yeah. any. hold on let me just uh... so how much <laughs> did you actually oh, God. Um... yeah oh no <laughs> we, uh, we go back yeah so how much did you actually raise for the charity for the charity uh 179 pounds i think is the is the final is the total at, at, at the moment yes which is okay. enough to feed a refugee for an awesome. entire year you know yeah yeah well it's good well done for doing it yeah, though really you know good. i think that's a i think that's a really good thing to do yeah, so it was, uh, it was yeah. definitely kind of hard and uh, i slept a lot more and headaches oh uh, yeah it does go to show the kind of matter show i think Definitely mm. on the first few days when they were really kind of horrible. But yes, very interesting. And uh, you, hopefully... could you do it for longer? <laughs> if could you do the challenge, or if if the um, target goal was to raise a higher amount of money for the refugees, would you do it for longer, say a month? Well, you've kind of made. <laughs> wow, that'd be hard, like, wouldn't it? Uh, I think, like in 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 theory, it's possible. But I think, like you think, like you know, like. You'd think like you know yesterday would be like the easiest day because you know you've got kind of like light at the end of the tunnel or whatever, but it was probably the hardest day of all because you kind of like I know when you're used to eating normal food and it's transitions to that you kind of stop stop wanting it because 
he kind of realised how much food is like a kind of, I don't know, like a kind of a reward kind of thing, you know? You're like, oh, I've had a hot yeah. day, I'll have like a pizza or something. Mm. You don't have that when that's all you've got because you kind of just, you kind of look at the rice and you're like, you know, I I, I really don't want to eat. Mm. <laughs> and you really have to be careful that you don't like when you do make a meal that you don't use too much mm-hmm. because yeah, if you've so... used too much on Monday, you might not have anything left for Friday. That's it. So kind you know? of uh, rationing out is really important yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I wouldn't want to do it for for, for any period of time, and I kind of it, uh, it really depresses me that. The kind of people, human beings, have to live on this food, mm-hmm. and it's the human beings that kind of need our help the most. You know, they've fleed war and natural disasters and things like that. So it kind of, yeah. I don't know. There's enough to start sounding like a socialist now, but there's a lot. There's enough money in the world for everyone to eat. You know, it's yeah. just the way we kind of yeah. divide it that kind of causes this inequality, and it definitely kind of makes you think. And it makes you feel lucky because even though I was like, you know, headaches and sleeping a lot, I was mm. still here in my, you know, heated house with my candles yeah. and, you know, they, they, they're in literal tents with just fires to cook over and things. Yeah. So it kind of, yeah, it definitely, it definitely makes you feel lucky for what you have. And uh, yeah, I'd like to thank anyone that's listening that donated and you guys as well that, uh, yeah. that donated too. So, uh, yeah. yes, hopefully uh, it'll make some difference in the world, which is uh, the most important I definitely thing. will. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely well done it's a not it's a great thing to do so does that mean now we all have to do a challenge once a month oh, for shit. Charity? <laughs> yeah we're all gonna have to do something now we're all gonna have to do some sort of charity yeah. i was meant to, well actually yeah. before obviously we had lockdown and that but i was meant to do a um tough mother um challenge in april this year for um cancer research and obviously it got cancelled so mm. hence mm. it was i think it was about I think it was about a, an 11 mile course. So it's on sort of woods because it's tough mudders. So you had like all the mud and you're doing all the um, climbing walls on it as well. And it was, I think it was about an 11 mile course. So obviously I started training for it last year, um, just doing running and stuff like that, just to bring myself up. And then of course, with everything that's happened this year, it was cancelled. And then mm. I've stopped training. I'm only playing vets football at the moment so my fitness levels are not very good at the moment um yeah so yeah so today as always we will talk about our things that we've been watching playing right mate and uh, listening to (laughs) sorry (laughs) sorry (laughs) oh what are you doing good start Sorry, I've, uh, I've programmed an AI to replace me today. But, uh, this is what happens, uh... listeners. This is what happens when you don't eat proper food for the week. You know, into a literal robot. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're going to be talking about our media memoirs today. Welcome to Frost Media. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't do that creepy thing you did last <laughs> time. Yeah, oh yeah, that was awful. <laughs> that was.
Yes! Nazara Nation! <laughs> Hello. What are your media memoirs? Media memoirs? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> sorry, you've caught me off guard there. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, recently I decided uh, to uh, get Game Pass again because it's been a while since I've actually had uh, Game Pass. <laughs> and obviously, Game Pass uh, for me is the PC version. So I get Game Pass on PC. And I thought, you know what, there's enough on there now to start, um, you know, getting getting some games that I've never played before. Like there's there's a lot of games now on Game Pass that are, have been in my my sort of uh, almost my gaming to do list, like games that I've really wanted to play, but you know I'm not really willing to pay the money for them. You know, like there's 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 some games where I'm like I don't really want to pay forty quid for that. So I decided to go back in. So I've got two two games actually to talk about today. Two games that I checked out on uh, nice. Game Pass, and the first, the first game that I decided to check out, and and it's it's actually something that we may have we have, we may have spoken about this game before. I'm sure this is probably a game that JMO has probably brought up. Uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Nothing bad. Nothing, nothing bad but um, I've I've actually played none of these games um, in the series, which is surprising, but. Um, yeah, this, this this game, the first game I want to talk about is Forza Horizon 4. Oh, yes. Okay. I've actually not played any of the Horizon games. I've played, like, I think there was a demo once of the first or second game. Um, and I've just, I've kind of not really fallen out of love with racing games, but I just, I just haven't felt like playing them over the last few years. I think the last racing game I probably bought was F1 2013. So that shows you how how long ago I've you know actually cause, no 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 that's not true. What was the what was the one on uh, PlayStation Plus? Drive Club. Oh yeah, Drive Club. Fucking, yeah. Best racing game ever. Yeah, I, did, I did play Drive Club. Oh, those graphics, those graphics. But yeah, they, they, they were very pretty. But I never <laughs> I never really properly really got into it. I played it for a little bit. Um, so I thought, do you know what? Let's let's check out Horizon because obviously I know that they're good games. I've heard so much about how good they are, and I've watched. Uh, people play them and stuff but for me personally going into to a horizon game and it's set in the uk and 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 this is the first horizon game of the forza games that i've played this is this was such a breath of fresh air for me personally because i've played racing games in the past like forza f1 um even things like pgr and what's the other one that we used to play it was pgr and there was speed Need to speak, obviously. Um, Burnout. Yeah, yeah. So, so this for me was such a nice way to re-establish my love for racing games because it's such a fun racing game. Whilst it's, you know, it's, <laughs> I guess it's definitely more, it's it's a little bit more detached from us, obviously, from a sim um, style one like something like F1 or. But it's not too arcadey, um, like like say Need for Speed. It kind of has that sort of bat like that balance between um, even like Gran Turismo and uh, uh, Need for Speed. And it's just been really it's been really fun to to finally play a, ga- a racing game where even even most of the racing um, modes, all of the different types of race you can do, they're all really fun. They're all really fun, and I love the 
the the way that the game ha- I think the game handles um, a lot of the dirt tracks really well. I think the the mm-hmm. handling of the cars is yeah. really yeah. fun in the dirt in yeah. the dirt tracks. Um, yeah. I'm personally someone who I don't really drive the like supercars. Um, I I think they're too fast, and I, I enjoy like the sort of class A uh, category uh, of 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 racing cars, and I, I really enjoy like driving around in all the all the classic like. 90s and, and early 2000s supercars and, and sports cars like the old Nissan Skyline and uh, the Ferrari uh, 355 and, and and those those sort of really classic what's the the Lamborghini Countach Countach that really sort of blocky yeah. I love yeah. those I love those, uh, those cars but I'm, I'm gonna have to talk about two things first of all the voice acting in the game is <laughs> oh, a little God. bit uh, it's a little bit great. It's really cheesy. It's really, really cheesy. There's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's one. There's obviously um, for people who haven't played it, there are uh, businesses that you can acquire. You can buy businesses um, around the map, and there's one business is a taxi business, and some of the people that you pick up in the taxi and the the dialogue that, <laughs> oh my god, you can tell like it's just the corniest like english accents the corniest um i have never discovered this what yeah i mean there is there is a there's one mission for the taxis where you have to pick up these comedians in a limo i think it's the last race for the i say race the last task for the taxi uh missions and you have to you have a limousine and you have to pick up all these comedians and they're doing these really bad jokes. And I was cringing so much. It's so bad. <laughs> but, you know, you can obviously put that aside and say, actually, the, the missions are really fun. And, and you just sort of have to block your ears up a little bit. But not too much, because actually this game has an amazing soundtrack and um, the radio stations are all amazing. Um, and I've got to talk about some driver tars because they still use that <laughs> in Forza. And... Yeah. Jamo, I wish you would would let me win. <laughs> oh, that's because my I've been I put so many um oh god Dude. I put so much time into that game when it first came out yeah. I cannot <laughs> tell you how pissed off I am whenever I get into one of these races and you're driving that fucking warthog thing from Halo. Oh, catch I'm you not, in that thing. I've not touched the warthog. I don't have it. See, it puts you with it. Oh, does it? Wow. Oh, how cool. I don't use it. I use the Subaru most of the time. I use my um, Subaru Impreza most of the time because it's really good off-road. Oh, yeah, my God. That's, that, that, you're always in that fucking thing. And and you're always at the front of the dirt races, whether it be the off-road yes. ones or the ones that are like proper dirt tracks. You're always out in the front. Will... <laughs> Never near the front, right? He's no, he, I think I think you've been near the front maybe a couple of times in some of like the street race ones. That's not accurate, mate. That's not accurate at all. That's not. That's not. But you are slamming into people all the time. <laughs> it's all over the place. The amount of times that I get walloped in the back and I turn the camera around and it's you in some <laughs> car that you've got, and I'm like fucking will. But no, it is, it is funny watching some of these driver tars go around and and, and uh... it's it's funny you mentioned the driver tars because um 
my son's now um playing Forza Horizon a lot, Forza Horizon 4 a lot. And we got a shared um, Xbox account and Ultimate Game Pass account, yeah. And he says exactly the same about my driver tar because it comes up and he knows that he can't beat it. Always <laughs> because I'm so high leveled on it. You are unbeatable in that bloody stupid Halo thing. <laughs> oh. oh, no, it's great. I've, 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 I've really enjoyed it, and it's been, it's been. It's been good to finally check out a Horizon game because um, obviously yeah, I know that people. Yeah, I think a lot of people have said that for people that love the love the Horizon games and they've played them all, I think Horizon Four isn't necessarily anything new for those people. Like yeah. it is just more Horizon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but someone like me, who who is just getting back into racing games this has been so much fun and just having no there's been no mode at all that has felt like a slog or like i've been oh i just want to get this race over and done with like you get that in some in some games like sometimes for me i've I've never always i've never been a fan in racing games of like drifting uh levels where you have to drift and it's like with this it actually still makes it quite fun because i think i think they just they just handle the game very well it's a nice like i've said before like i said before it's a nice balance between um not being too arcadey and, and actually having a little bit of realism so yeah it was really fun really fun to to check this out and and i've i, I put a shit ton of time into it i think I, i've got up to about level 70 or 80 um i've kind of burnt myself out a little bit now but yeah. that's burned out <laughs> oh. oh, I see what you did there. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Really, really, really fun. Really fun. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna sort of 180 a little bit here and go for something completely different uh, on Game Pass. And for people who aren't really PC gamers, you probably wouldn't know uh, the series called Crusader Kings. Uh, obviously, well, I know you. I know that you know it. Yes. Uh, Jamie, do you know what Crusader Kings is? Is it a turn-based strategy game? Mm, Sam, do you know what it is? Um, no, but I know Will was talking about you yeah. playing it all the time. Yeah. So, so <laughs> he's calling so, you out. Yeah. <laughs> so, Crusader Kings. So I'm obviously talking about the newest game, Crusader Kings Three. Um, they they classify it as a grand strategy game. So basically, think Civ, the Civ games, and take oh, yeah. take it up like three levels in terms of the oh, depth my. and the uh, the strategy involved. So I guess the best way to explain it is that you can take control of any ruler who was around in two time periods. So the first time period is, I think, 867, uh, which is the time period of... Uh, I think it was when the Vikings were coming in and they were sort of uh, raiding all over Europe and stuff. And obviously the other time period is 1066, which is the period of William the Conqueror and all of that stuff going on. And so those are the two time periods. So you can take control of any ruler that was around in those times. And the amount of rulers must be, it must be in the hundreds. There are so many people. Mm. So you start off in the game where you can either pick some pre uh, suggested uh, rulers like the game will suggest some rulers or you can go into the world map and pick somebody and the size of the map is if you think about a world map in your in your head you have iceland is in the top left so all the way up there then you go all the way down to like sort of north africa 
and all the way across from North Africa over to uh, sort of India and China and up. up. So that, that is about the size of the world map in this game. So it's a big game and every single uh, country and realm and, and county and everything has a ruler or someone who's in charge of it and you can take control of that person. So there are hundreds of people, hundreds of people, hundreds of people. Um, and it's basically, this game is literally like Game of Thrones, the, the video game. Like it is all about um you can raise armies you can uh, create murder schemes to murder other people you can marry people you can marry son your sons and daughters off to people you can create alliances break alliances you can do all sorts of things um like even the with crusader kings 2 the game before this i know that there was a westeros map mod that people would would play they would they would they would you know because it, it is so like what you think a political game like game of thrones like this would be mm. um and it's it's all sort of it's very political it's very strategic there's a lot of terminology there's lots of things that you have to 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 learn very quickly in terms of um the actual game knowledge and and people say this has a high learning curve i say well, it wasn't even a curve it, this this learning curve <laughs> is a straight line up like there is a lot to learn <laughs> But what you do, and 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 you and you and there is a tutorial. You start off as a character in Ireland, and they t they take you through everything that the you know all the terminology and all the and 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 the good thing about the game is that the UI is very uh, accessible and it helps you. And and uh, the Crusader Kings fans say that this is one of the most accessible Crusader Kings games to date because it is very new player friendly um and i did feel like I, know, I remember i was talking to will when he started up playing this and you said that jesus christ has a lot to learn but yeah it's I, I felt after the tutorial i was i was in a good enough place knowledge game knowledge wise to keep going mm -hmm. um i think it, it did enough to tell me to, to get me started and, and, and know what to do and so I've got a I've got a fun little little uh, Game of Thrones esque story that I that I got from my second campaign. Um, so like I said, there's um, there's a tutorial character who starts off in Ireland, um, and I went online and I I thought to myself, right, I want to find I want to find a ruler that I can take control of in the 1066 era, who's a nice sort of beginner friendly one that isn't the guy from the, the tutorial because i've already played it a little bit and a lot of people were saying that the guy from the tutorial his nephew who owns the county of dublin um is a really good place to start because he has a claim on um some kingdom so, sorry some some counties and stuff and his father is about to die so you you know he's he's really old he's about 70 so pretty early in your campaign your father will die you're his heir so you will take control of his land um and there is a, i'm not going to go into like how everything works in terms <laughs> of like phrases like the terminology but, the, but when i'm saying things like county round things the basic concept is you have a castle which is called a holding and inside a, a holding is inside a barony a barony is inside a county so you have a county like uh let's say dublin Counties make up duchies, and duchies make up kingdoms. Kingdoms make up uh, empires. That's probably completely gone over loads of people's heads. That's like, I'm not going to go into that terminology. Is, that's but, uh, really complex. It's very <laughs> yeah. complex. But when that you get is... to the gist of it, it's like 
three counties make up a duchy so you know it, that is the basic thing you really need to think about and duchies make up kingdoms so can you I, pass the duchy to the left hand side yes you can yes you can brilliant there you go <laughs> so i decided to be this this nephew of the tutorial character um and he i started off the campaign and my goal for the start of this campaign was right i start off in dublin i want to unite all of ireland and make the kingdom of ireland i want to be the king so i started off this thing happened with the father he died and i gained his land and then i gradually over the course of a few years i i moved across ireland and i took all of ireland so i became the king and then i thought to myself right i'm going to see if i can uh create the empire of britannia i want to take over the whole of the united kingdom and see if i can do that um so what you can do in this game is you can marry like i said you'll have heirs and, and and the only way that this game ends is if you don't have an heir so if there's nobody that you can then become when you your character dies you obviously the game is over but these people in these time periods are like rabbits so they're, they're shagging each other left right and center so there's, there's usually an heir um so i decided to marry off my son uh, his name was Domnal, and I decided to marry him off to some uh, person over in Spain, I think. So there was a, there was a woman in Spain that, uh, so I decided to marry them off. So I got a really good alliance with one of these places in Spain. And I then decided, I, 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 sorry, I, I then saw that my son, because your characters, they will have skills and traits and all these different things going on. And there's these things called congenital traits which are things that can be passed down to your children and i saw that my son had basically got a trait which made the meant that he wasn't very fertile so i was a little bit concerned and i was thinking to myself hmm do i be a dick and try and seduce his now wife and make sure that there is a child in this dynasty like, do I make sure that there's a child? And I was like, ah, no, no, no I'm not going to do that. That's, that's stupid. That's stupid. My son, you know, my son was still pretty young. Still pretty young. I thought, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it. I'm going to leave it because he's got loads of time to, to get his knob out. And, you know, it will happen eventually, right? <laughs> um, so I decide against it. A few years go by and I'm still going around trying to uh, unite Ireland. And I'm still, you know, uh, bat- in loads of wars. I'm doing all this sort of espionage and stuff. And somebody then, so they're, they're, it's kind of, this game has sort of got like RPG elements. Sorry, Ben, are we talking about the lives and times of you guys in Norfolk? Or actually, um, <laughs> the game still? Is, is, is this how you get around in, in this? It is, this is exactly how we get around. So there's, what was I saying? So yes, so a few years go by. And there are these RPG moments that come up and these things will, will come up sometimes and say, this has happened or this has happened. Somebody comes knocking on my door in my bedchambers one night, a few years after I was contemplating this decision. And of course, it's my daughter-in-law. She comes because she, she's not getting any. Right. So she comes to my thing and is like, oh, I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like. There's, there had been no child born out of this marriage either, and I thought, you know what? Let's see what the, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's see what... <laughs> so, so we did the deed, right? We did the deed, and of course, she gets pregnant, and she comes to me and she's like, "Yes, of course, it's your child. Of course, it's yours." And we keep it a secret, and I then stupidly forgot to cancel uh, this uh, liaison. 
So then she got pregnant again, which I didn't want to happen. So there are now two children that are, that are basically bastard children that my son think think are his, but are actually mine. Um, so, but it's all kept a secret. I, you can see how how people, why people are saying that this is very much like Game of Thrones. Um, a few years go down the line, and my and, and this woman, her name. So the wife's name is Mercia, I think. Mercia decides to divorce my son and run off with someone, right? called bob we'll call him bob because i can't remember what his name was now bob was this sort of refugee from like eastern europe that came to my court one day and was like oh please let me in we've got nowhere else to go and and i was like oh okay yeah you can come in and then i sort of became friends with him and whatever they then run off together so i'm pissed so i'm like right i'm gonna get this woman assassinated so (laughs) (laughs) so i got her assassinated as you do a murder scheme there are there are a lot of people that got involved on this murder scheme as well because she was not very well liked she dies which is great the secret now the only the only person who knows about the lineage of my children is me and she is now dead now my character is starting to get old at this point you're starting to so in this game you sort of die anywhere between sort of your 50 your 40s to your 70s um and there's like you could you could be hit by a plague the bubonic, bubonic plague or smallpox or anything there's all this sort of stuff that can happen but i'm sort of around the age of 69 70 so i'm 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 getting my my uh, son ready to become my heir because that's the character that I'll become next so i've just, I've distributed all of my titles and all my land will go to him. And I was really happy with how it was going to go. And then Bob, my friend, Bob, who went away with my son's wife, Mercia, Bob murders my son. Bob, the one who I took in when he had nowhere else to go, who I befriended and I didn't punish for running off with my son's wife. He then killed my son and I was livid. I was absolutely livid. Bob then bloody goes and runs off to somewhere that I can't catch him. He's out of my reach. And then because I'm so bloody old, I die before I can enact my revenge on Bob. And guess who is my heir after all of this? My bastard son who is believed to have been my son's son but really i become basically joffrey from game of thrones i become the bastard son and i take over as him and it's oh. this is that sort of game where you you will create these sort of stories and and um and obviously this secret that could have been exposed by anybody there's this whole system where you can find out secrets and get hooks on people and things like that but this secret about my son and the person that I became next died with with me and, and nobody found out. Nobody knew that that I was now this bastard son who was probably illegitimate because of that. And um, I had I had other uh, sons with the with the with the guy who I was first. And they were then inverted commas, my uncles, whereas really they were my half brothers but um, I was I was thinking because uh, I was even planning for like, oh, I wonder what will happen when I die and then I become my son Domnal. Like, will I start having civil wars with my brothers because they're going to want to become king and stuff like that? But it didn't happen. And and, the, and then I was sort of half having it with my quote uncles, 
but it's 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 this this these games are, i mean i've got completely hooked and i've i've been playing i think i'm in like sort of my maybe the fourth i think i'm now fourth in this dynasty the fourth sort of generation in this dynasty i've now become the son of the bastard son so maybe no, it'd, be, it'd be third i'd be third in the dynasty so third in in the uh whatever so yeah it's it's <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of terminology in things like that. so these games can create these sort of really cool stories like this and 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 there's all this espionage going on and and so and i i might actually not know if somebody has slept with my wife and then i've had a son because if the and then you know i could have had the same thing happen to me like my character i am right now i'm not convinced that one of my sons is mine but because I haven't exposed the secret, I haven't found it out, I would never know. And it's these sort of stories and, and these things that you can create. And I'll always remember this story because it was so amazing to watch play out. Mm. All because I decided to get my bloody knob out and shag this woman who wouldn't shag the son. Right. So, <laughs> so it's 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 a really fun game. And and if you if you can get past the the learning uh, curve you can have a really good time of it if you're sort of looking for a game that maybe it'd be a little bit like the Civ games, but you want a bit more strategy, you want a bit more political intrigue, you want a bit more um, sort of RPG elements where, you you know, there's there's all this sort of stress system and you can get stressed or you can, like I said, you can get ill or you can go, you can call feasts, you can die from obesity. Like this, this bastard son that I became, he actually died when he was 48 because he got fat. I hosted too many feasts. <laughs> like I was... <laughs> you, you can like, host feasts for like all the people in your realm and you know if you want people's opinion of you to change and i just hosted too many so he started to get fat and then i just died because i was too fat but oh, there's there's this <laughs> i'm sure you can yeah. probably tell there are so many things in this game that you can learn about and then and then with that knowledge and with the the knowledge of how the game works and how the rpg elements work you can really create these really interesting stories oh. and it's definitely you know, it's definitely one of these stories that the game has allowed me to create for myself, and it feels like my own story that I've got from it. And I always love it when games games let you do that. It's 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 a great game, and I I, I recommend anybody who likes strategy games like Civilization um, to give it a go and 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 stick with it with the tutorial because once you get past all of the all of the complicated terminology. Mm. You'll, you'll have a good time with it if you're looking for something like this, for sure. Certainly. So, is it all text? Is it so when obviously the story that played out for you? Is it all text based or is it sort of like cut scenes that it all plays out within? So like have, say. Yeah, it's it's kind of text based, but you have like you have like animated characters that are there. Like you mm. can see yourself and 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 your sons and and everybody in the world it's all it is all text based and there's there's also like percent there's like percentile chances of things happening and and um it's i'm trying to think of what i could compare it to but but it, it definitely has like big rpg elements like way more than i thought it would and yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of randomness to how events can play out and who will start wars with you and how you can make alliances and stuff i mean it does sound very similar to civilization which i've I've got on the Switch and I started playing it and I lost so much time playing it that I stopped playing it because I was getting too too addicted to it, um, which sounds really weird. But you get too addicted for something and then you forget about doing other things, so I stopped playing it um, just 
purely because of that reason. I've still got it on the Switch, and I'll I'll re-download it again. But hearing you talk about this this thing, I'm thinking, oh my god, I really want to see what it's all about now. But then I'm thinking. Yeah, I definitely check out like some Twitch because there's loads of people playing on Twitch right now. Check out some streams, yeah. check out some YouTube channels because it's one of those that you will not be able to pick this up straight away. You have to learn. It, mm. You have to sort of commit to learning all the terminology and learning how everything works. You cannot, even though I, I compare it to Civ, it's just because it's an easy comparison. You cannot play this game like Civ. Like mm. You can't expand too much. There's only a certain amount of mm. land that you can legally hold before people start getting pissed off with you. So you have to make sure that you give land to other people who are underneath yeah. you and make them your vassals and make them... Uh, you, 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 you know, you have to make sure that you, it's a nice balancing act between, you know, how you distribute your titles as well to your, to your heirs. And there's all sorts of stuff that I, obviously I'm not going to sit here and try and try and explain to people without, you know, any sort of knowledge yeah. at all, but it's fun. It's so fun. And, and it's one of these games on game pass where when I've stopped having game pass, I'm probably going to miss it. And I'm probably going to pick it up one day. For sure. Like, I, it's a shame that Game Pass doesn't tell you how much you've played something. I'll be very interested to see how much I I've played. I suppose you can look in. You can look in your achievements, though, can't you? And you can select the game. Oh no, it's only so. It's only on the Xbox app I can do that. Yeah, probably. So yeah, yeah obviously on the PC it works different, doesn't it? Because oh, I can see on my phone with the Xbox Game app how much time I've put into a game and stuff like that, and it's. Yeah, you can see how many achievements you've done, all your, you know, certain where your ranking is yeah. within the um within your friends online and that. But interestingly, with the Game Pass stuff, it's, I mean, it's Game Pass is amazing, and I'm interested to see how what Sony does, just changing the conversation a little bit. Be interesting what Sony does with PlayStation now. Mm. knowing how good game pass is and obviously game pass is packaged in with a lot of the um oh, well, monthly the payments for the... for the for the ps5 they're doing uh what is it called playstation collection it's free with playstation mm. plus on ps5 yeah, yeah but that's their, that's uh, that's older games isn't it yeah mm. yeah yeah but they've, they've well, said the same... they're not gonna they're not they, yeah. they they actually cannot uh financially do new games like a game pass thing it just it, it would it would destroy them or something they said recently they they would not be able to do it it's a shame it just shows how because obviously game pass the great thing about it is it does link to the pc yeah so you can do all the stuff on the pc and the xbox and obviously there are games that link across like you talk about forza horizon i can jump into your into your game and game with you on that because it's cross net cross platform because it's pc whereas the tough thing sony are going to have is they have that challenge of how how can they do that how can they work that yeah. you know because it just doesn't it's not going to um be something they can do i love um, i love game pass i love it i love the fact that it's on pc and it kind of makes it so that my decision about any sort of console in the future is very clear like there's absolutely no reason for me personally to ever get an xbox because i have every every xbox yeah, game yeah. i can play on pc mm. and i'm happy I'm, I'm fine with that because i'm happy to get game pass for some of these games i'm happy to pay the money for, for some of these xbox games to play on pc and and um 
I, I I love Game Pass so much. I think it's absolutely brilliant, and I and and it's it's perfect for me when I don't for these games like Forza Horizon 4. Like if I didn't have Game Pass, I wouldn't have bought it because I wouldn't know if I'd have put the time into it. But like there was a special offer this uh, in the last month where you could get it for a quid, yeah. you could get Game Pass for a quid, and I've and I've and I've put so many hours into into Forza yeah, and Crusader Kings 3. Yeah, it's absolutely insane yeah. uh, value for money. Yeah. And also the fact that they're adding EA Play to it as and well. EA Play, oh, it's I'm just so pissed off about that. Oh. <laughs> You're pissed off. I bought a year of EA Play. Oh no! <laughs> two months or so before they announced that, oh. the bastards. Yeah. Oh mate. Oh. Oh. Yeah, maybe you can email them and ask for me. Oh, they won't. They just want my money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I reckon they will. Yeah. Nah. Oh, they've got to do something. There's loads. Honestly, there's there's got to be a way that they can refund certain customers yeah. that have done what you've done because you I make enough of a fuss. Yeah. Because obviously, when you bought spent that money for your years, how much was a year? Was it about twenty five pounds? Was it like thirty quid? I think or something. It's something like that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Because I stopped the year pass as soon as I got Game Pass. I stopped EA Access, which is what it used to be called. Yeah. And I used to just pay once a year. But that in itself, that EA one is a really good service as well, because you've got games. the um... the games that you're going to be able to get as well now included with Game Pass with with EA Play as well. It's just so insane. And obviously, yes. um, Game Pass is coming out of beta soon, and it's going to double in price, which I think we all knew it would. It would it would yeah. go from five yeah. to ten pounds for the basic thing, which it, but it's still amazing value and. Mm. Yeah. But then the best way of getting it now is when the new Xbox Series S and Series X come out in this country, and they're doing it in America, whereby you pay a, like you pay monthly for your console and Game Pass Ultimate. I think for the Series S, it costs about £20.10 mm-hmm. a month. The Series which- S... I genuinely think it's just going to be the Game Pass machine. Yeah, you can yeah. tell. You can yeah, see it's... that they're kind of uh, moving towards being more the Game Pass company than the console company. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when their announced video for the Series S was about 30 seconds of the console and then like a full minute of advertising <laughs> yeah. the Game Pass. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Clearly, that's. And then I th- it's what I think it's well priced. I don't think, especially this year with everything that's going on, I don't think families and you know unless you're living on your own and that people don't have a lot of spare cash this year so paying 20 pounds a month for a new console and game pass i think a lot of people will do that and i know sony are doing sort of deals and obviously even the series x is only 28 pounds a month so there's been somewhere that's someone up upstairs at microsoft has actually come up with quite a good price plan and price structure for these consoles yeah. um so yeah okay, okay so uh, ben what's your uh, song well uh i mentioned uh in my forza horizon talk that it had a great soundtrack and um i got hooked on an artist from one of the songs on one of the radios um and the artist is called churches and i got really really hooked um, they are brilliant churches really, are a brilliant i band. i i hadn't really heard their stuff before and like i've said before that i've been really getting into this sort of synth wave sort of stuff i yeah. really love when 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 bands are really uh, doing like an 80s vibe so maybe this will be something i i probably talk about on another podcast but um 
yeah this is this is a song from their from their latest album uh, it's called graffiti Okay, so uh, J-Mo, what have you been doing? Well, not much really, you know, just working <laughs> away, being in central London a little bit, bumping into famous lead singers from 
huge British bands, you know, the <laughs> usual stuff, nothing to write home about. Wait, Jamie, did, did you, you say that you've... Did you bump into... <laughs> You've met someone from a band? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I, yeah. No, I, no, I, I don't know how it happened. I just casually bumped into him. Yeah. So, anyway. So, I was kind of so... It's the weirdest thing, because obviously, whenever I'm in London, I do spot people, because where we work, it's in areas of London where there's like maybe posh dental practices and clinics up the harley harley street clinic or harley street area of london we've got customers that we we deliver to up there um so you, i'm always spotting people walking past the van that i think oh, i've seen you in something but most of the time it's only way is essex type people you know people <laughs> that are in like z-list tv shows on itv2 or something um but you see him walking past and you're like oh look at that that's such and such yeah um so this time i was i parked my van up and i was just parked up to the right hand side and there's a chap walking down the street and he had just like some jean shorts on and a black hoodie and he looked just like a regular lad you know he just looked like on the lad and i'm looking and he's on the phone yeah just a regular lad not like all dressed up like most people would be on this area and i'm and he's on the phone i'm like i recognize you and immediately i've jumped out the van i've gone running across the other side of the road where he is and he's on the phone and i'm like sorry so excuse me oh are god you, are oh, you telly jones and he's like yes i am and he turned around and lo and behold it was and obviously i was just like i was a little bit nervous a little bit shaky because obviously so for anyone that doesn't know kelly jones is a lead singer songwriter lead guitarist from the stereophonics um and pretty much they're one of i'd say they are one of Britain's biggest bands of the last 20, 25 he's years. An, he's got an iconic voice. Yeah. He's yeah. got his voice has sort of turned into a Rod Stewart sound to it more than yeah. anything. There's but as soon as they come on the radio, you know exactly who they are. Exactly, you don't yeah. even need to they've got their own sound now, which a lot of bands and we we talked about this before, a lot of bands still don't really own their own sound they don't have that sound yet they don't have that progression where immediately you can say who it is even people that don't listen to the type of music stereophonics do they know straight away it's a stereophonics song just from the opening chords um but yeah he so he was on the phone and he he sort of he acknowledged me and he was trying to get hold of somebody he said just wait there a second, please. Wait there. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone up and he's trying to phone this other person. So I was thinking, oh, I'll head off. And I'm just about to walk off. And he goes, hold up there. I'll come and speak to you in a minute, mate. And I was oh, like, that's oh. nice of him. You know, yeah. So then yeah. he finished on the phone and he came over. We were actually distanced as we were talking. <laughs> so I was, we were distanced and I was sort of saying to him, you know, it's a bit weird not doing gigs and stuff like that this year. I had a proper chat with him and he was, you know, we were just talking about gigs and music a little bit. And then I did the the fan thing of saying, I've been a fan of you, yours since um, Word Gets Around, which is their first album. 
Um, and he was like, oh, that's very kind of you to say. And and so we did we did a selfie together. I asked if it was okay to have a pick with me. He's like, yeah, no worries. Thankfully, we were side on together. So firstly, we were side <laughs> on together. So there's a picture where I'm not wearing masks, we're side on together, but he was happy, you know, to take the picture and he was just really nice down to earth guy. And then obviously we've had another little chat because I was talking to him about the album they recorded before Christmas, which I'll talk about in a sec. Um, And I was saying how much I thought it was probably the best album they'd done since Performance and Cocktails, which is their second album. And he sort of, we said goodbye, he walked on. And then as he's walking away, he goes, he turns around and goes, oh, sorry, excuse me, mate, what's your name? I said, James. And he was like, and yeah, he wanted to know my name. And I was just like, I was a bit taken aback by that as well. But it was, yeah, it's nice when, it's nice when people of that stature are just very down to earth. And I was going to say, like, you you, you sometimes think when, if you're going to go up to somebody who's famous, you, 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 I, I always feel like you're immediately going to be met with, oh yeah, sure. Uh, make it quick sort of thing. Mm. But by the sound of things, like he made sure that he finished his phone call and he, and he was, he came back to you and he spent some time with you. That, 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 that extra sort of effort, like when someone like who, who has that, like you said, that, that sort of stature, mm. that sort of fame, yeah. when someone puts that effort in, it really makes the, the moment for the fan, you in this case, makes it really yeah. special for them. And that, yeah. that, that's that's such a nice thing for him to do. I was really like taken aback by it as well, though, yeah. because I was just like afterwards I was back at the van and I'm like shaking. I'm like, that's <laughs> that's really surreal, a really surreal moment. Like I've been lucky enough to meet other like members from bands and some of them have been just like, oh, hi. Yeah, no worries. We'll have a picture and then yeah. gone on. And some of them have been, you know, a little bit chattier. Um, but, yeah, it's. It was really nice. And the thing is, with so last year, if we were podcasting, Stereophonics released a really, really great album last year called Kind. So and it was it was the reason why it's significant is it because it was their seventh number one album, which puts them in the same list as Queen and Oasis in terms of number one albums in this country. And the thing is, with the Stereophonics, although they're a huge band, they do have their dips. They, you know, they have made some really dreadful albums and some pretty bad. <laughs> you didn't tell them that. Them that. <laughs> no, no, I didn't tell them that. But then their last album was was like a proper, almost like a, a stereophonics knowing exactly where they are and the type of music they're making now. So, kind, it's um, it's very much an Amer- a classic rock american style album because the seraphonics their first two albums are very british maybe a little bit of brit pop sound to them although they're from wales they they have a very british or like a very southern sound to their music very uk based sound Mm. and then after performance and cocktails their second album they started to change their sound and they they tried to do an Americanization sound because obviously the band themselves are into a lot of bands like the Black Crows and ACDC. And rather than being like bands that take inspiration from like the Beatles or the Stones, their their progression was more on an American and world band style of music. So 
obviously when they started to change their progression round, I think it was just enough education to perform, which is their biggest selling album. But in terms of sound, it's it has a you know it has some really good tracks like Mr. Whiter and Have a Nice Day on it. But then it also has some really awful songs like Line in the Sun and um, what was the other one? Mr. Writer, which I'm not really a massive fan of. Um, that was a big single for theirs, but I'm not a massive fan of that song. But then as they've progressed over time, their sound has got more more American and they've they've been trying trying hard to get to a certain level and a certain place. Um, their last album, Kind, it was a very mature, grown-up album. Um, but it had there's a this first lead single called Fly Like an Eagle is very similar to it sounded a bit like Aerosmith actually. Um, obviously it was based on his daughter who is basically deciding who she was. So the whole song was about about his daughter and basically the song's basically saying, Don't worry, it's fine, everything will be okay, just do what you wanna do. And, you know, and he's accepting that he's happy with what she chooses um, because um, his daughter, um, I think, transgender. So he, she sort of made that very grown up decision that she wants to explore the other side of things. And that's what that first single was all about. And it's a really positive single. Um, but like I say, it's got an Aerosmith sound to it. Um, then we move on and they did was the third track on the album features like a proper gospel choir on it it's called wake up in the morning and it's just got this really big gospel choir on it and it's got this really big sound to it um it's such a good song but as the the record progresses there's loads of these songs where on previous albums they would have sounded like dross but this time they've got it and they got it to a T where it does sound like say it sounds like a Black Crows album it sounds like a proper um, classic rock American album um and it's just got some really good stories on it good tales on it um and it knows what type of album it is and for a band like Stereophonics it sort of seals them and their legacy of just how good they are and I don't think they get as much credit for how good they are as they actually deserve. Um, and with everything that's been going on this year, 2020 was due to be like a massive year for them. They were due to do huge loads of festivals. And be- because of how long they've been in the industry, I think they were also one of the, the bands that they were looking at for that New Year celebration in London, which obviously has been cancelled now. So it's sort of... It's funny how things have sort of changed for them a little bit um, because, yeah, at the end of last year, it looked like Stereophonics were going to get some real acclaim, I suppose the word is, for how good they are on sort of how long they've been doing what they do because there's not many bands that are still around and still actually um, relevant nowadays yeah. to where they I, were I, when they started. I, 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 I remember Stereophonics. I remember that. That uh, I remember because we, we used to watch a lot of the music channels when we were younger, and I, I just remember that "Have a Nice Day" video, like it, like always being on. Like it's 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 a band that just they they feel like they've been around forever for me personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they have, and I think it's 
I think it's credit to them. And I think bands, once they find who they are as a, a sound, then they take that and go further. I said about his Rod Stewart type vocal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Point. That's a great thing because I see as they get older, it means that they're always going to have an audience there because there's nobody else that has those there's not many artists that has those type of voices or vocals isn't it yeah yeah it calls out i think yeah it's it's a very um let's say the vocal sounds and keeping hold of that vocal as well because it must tear his throat up yeah yeah i mean so sam do you how big are the phonics stereophonics in America? Do you do you know of them much or? Uh, no, <laughs> I've never heard of them. <laughs> okay, honestly. no, they never really traveled. They never traveled huge amounts. Dakota's probably the biggest song worldwide. That was that gets played. Um, mm. I think it gets played at some of the hockey venues, just like over the um, sound system and that. It's, I've heard it in the background when I've been watching like bas- NBA basketball and American football. So mm-hmm. they obviously play it in the stadiums. But I think in terms of bands that travel outside of the country, they don't. Their music doesn't seem to travel across to the states, which yeah. is fun because it's the sound. Their sound is very American. Yeah, I've never listened to them, but I'll definitely have to now. It's, they've got some word gets around and performance and cocktails. The first two albums are brilliant, mm-hmm. and then I would say their last album, Kind, is probably one of the best things I've ever done, along with them. But then there's a whole. They've got about, I think it's thirteen albums they've done. Wow. So they've got a huge. They've got a massive, massive um, okay. library of albums, like and even songs and stuff like that. Like, Have a Nice Day was all written, I think, in San Francisco. Uh, written about, mm. I think it was a, is it a taxi driver? He basically, they got into a cab, Kelly Jones got into a cab, and he went on this taxi journey with a taxi driver that took him the wrong way, and he ended up writing a song about it, hence. God, because is, it, ever since you started talking about this, like, that has been playing in my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh no, I know. Well, see, that's funny because the one that's playing in my head is "Bartender and the Thief," but that's because that's my favourite stereophonic song. So, um, yeah, um, like I say, I've I thought it was so cool. So I, d- cool. I just love this mental image of you jumping, jumping out your out truck, you. <laughs> running over. <laughs> hey, hey! <laughs> I know. And then everyone's there's now a restraining order on me. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I want to know your name. I just, I just, uh, yeah. I'm quite impressed with the like the, the gumption to like uh, grab a celebrity while they're on the phone. We've we've had a little claim to fame, haven't we? Will? Do you remember who we we saw once <laughs> on, on the, the tube? tube? It was <laughs> Mark Warren. <laughs> the, guy, Mark... the guy from the guy that played uh, that, a character. In that Danny one, from. Just... Danny from the hustle, was it Danny? Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, because there was two people that came off and they were like, came off the, the train, the, the train with us, and they were like, "Excuse me, did you? Was that that guy from the hustle?" We're like, "Yeah." I remember he noticed that we saw him, and yeah. he was just like sort of smiled at us, yeah. and we were like, "Yeah, hi." Do you know who else? Do you know who else? I've got, I've got a claim to fame. In this. In this. Do you know who was in Tesco in this once? You won't believe me. 
Ross Kemp. Ross Kemp. Oh, yeah. Honest to God, God, hand on heart. Ross Kemp was in Tesco in this one one, one time. He was wearing this like he probably like if you were gonna see if you could imagine an image of Ross Kemp in your head, that's what he bloody looked like. He literally had like a big old fucking leather jacket on. Like he was wearing all black. And he had a black cap on, I think. He was trying to like hide his identity, but everybody in the store was like, It's Ross Kemp, it's Ross Kemp. Oh my god, it's Ross Kemp. Oh my word. That's it. He's, yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember him recording a TV show about gangs in discs. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, he might have been. Yeah. Tesco discs, so I had to I get out of there. Yeah. You might remember Ross Warren a bit more, uh, people, from uh, that one episode of Doctor Who oh. with Peter Kay in it. And it had the actress that played Moaning Myrtle, and Peter Kay was like absorbing them into his, into his, into his body. Right, that that, that that might be more of where where where, where Darren Warren is famous from. <laughs> I don't think it's been anyone else. Chico, a bit Chico, a bit Chico. Chico, oh my yeah, word! Apparently, Chico yes. came into Holman oh. Barrett Dis. He's a personal trainer now, apparently. He's uh, so doing well for himself. What, what's his what's his cat, catchphrase? It better be Chico time. It's Chico time. <laughs> well, he he used to live about five miles down the road from where I live. Never obviously met him, obviously. <laughs> but he used to because you would have talked about it on the podcast. Shop in the local Tesco's as well around here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, my word. Chico. You know, hey. I have met a million times, and you you will. It's like if you live in if you live in Norfolk, if you haven't met met him, then you know where have you been? It's fucking. Uh, oh God, what's his name? He's, he's, he's... God, you're right. <coughs> oh my God! Quick, he's someone like, save him! Uh, oh, he's save in, him! He's in, he's in like he's in like a band. He's really tall. Jamo would know his name. Oh what? Not Justin Hawkins from the Darkness. No, no, he's old. He's old. He's like one of the grumpy old. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't met him, but I know someone who had. Oh yeah, he's he's all over the place. Who is he? Oh God, yeah. Um... Oh God, what's his name? What's his fucking name? <laughs> oh, it's on the tip of my brain, guys. It's on the tip bands of my brain. From, I'm thinking of bands that come from this. No, 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 no. What's my name? Oh God. <laughs> I can't think of it, mate. I know what you mean. Fucking... Oh God. I'll tell you what. I'll talk about my next thing, and then if it comes back, yeah, 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 yeah. you, you can think him. whilst I talk I about the next see thing. See him, <laughs> and oh. he could see you still. <laughs> He's thinking. I remember I met that guy who does podcasts. He spoke really creepily though. <laughs> Rick Wakeman. Rick Wakeman. Rick Wakeman. Rick Wakeman. Yeah, yeah. complete with Mac. That's a great yeah. one. It's Rick Wakeman. Yeah, I've served him. One. I've served him about ten yeah. times. Oh, he is. He He's is. always in this. Oh, is he? Oh my word! That would that would be it. I'd be straight on that. I'd be like, yes. He's Hello, huge. You, you're the guy from Fleetwood Mac, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I would be on that. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Stalk him, stalk him. Anyway. But there. So. Sorry, Jamie. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. So, um, it's funny you should mention Forza Horizon Four earlier, Ben, because. I have been playing a lot of Project Cars 3. A lot of Project Cars 3. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is with Project Cars 3, initially I was really disappointed with it. 
because what they've done, I don't know if you guys have seen, they've changed. The game is a complete U-turn from what Project Cars 1 and Project Cars 2 was like. So both the first two Project Cars games, we've spoken about them on here before. They're almost like sim races. You need your steering wheel and what have you. Um, They're very technical. They're all about doing your racing season and qualifying for races. And, you know, it was never an easy game. Whereas Project Cars 3, complete U-turn. It's the yeah, arcadey, Forza Motorsport style. Um, it's very, it's a lot more friendly to control pad. You know, obviously the back mm. still swings out on some of the cars and you still have to fight to control some of the cars, but it's nowhere near like it was before. But the real change is, rather than it being about winning championships and qualifying for races and moving, climbing up ladders, you know, as you get through championships and that, it's more of a challenge and task-based racer. So it's got a lot more in common with um, Metropolis Street Racer or Drive Club, which we mentioned earlier. And also, it's got a huge amount in, in common with um, Slightly Mad Studios games that they made for EA before they became Slightly Mad, which was both the Need for Speed Shift games. Oh, yeah. Um, this could almost be the spiritual successor to Need for Speed Shift 2. Um, so you have a career mode and obviously all the, all the racing categories are then split into challenges. And within each of the challenges, you have four tasks and then you complete all those four tasks and then you move on to the next, um, challenge. But like the tasks are like, you've got hot lap tasks where you have to beat, you do one lap round a certain circuit and you have like a times to beat, you've got bronze, silver and gold you've got a pace setter which means that you've got to record the best average time over three laps and obviously you have a target for each to get to you got a breakout which is basically where you hit these these billboards with points on and you've got to score points as you're going round and you've got a time limit to get the most points and then obviously you've got races but the races are a little bit different in that you actually within the races you have challenges to do within the races so like come first or which is standard but then also you've got stuff like um cleanly overtake six cars within like 10 seconds or something or um what was the other one oh yeah get around the lap do a perform a clean lap so you don't just have how will we get to that uh, excuse yeah. me? you'll be smashing well <laughs> the thing is as well so the races as well some of the races have about 26 cars on the track at once and there's because there's no qualifying so the computer starts you where it thinks you should start so most of the times you end up starting the races in the middle of the pack which is all well and good but the amount the ai the amount of times these cars just crowd you out on the first lap you're crowded out. You'll get to the first corner, and it's a bit like Miguelo last week in the Formula One. There are cars just ramming into each other mm. and all blocked off. And I don't know if you've seen videos of this on YouTube online, but getting through the pack on the first lap is is the biggest challenge in the game because the AI, most of it's okay, but it does still have the um, similarities with Need for Speed Shift 2, where all of a sudden a car will clip you in the back and maybe spin you out or what have you. And 
it has it has bugs in it it has problems but i'm i started from disappointment to actually being quite addicted to it because it's mm. a challenge set racer and it's different it does something different there's loads of people that when it first came out was you know it got so much it got slated by the sim racing crowd because it was no longer project cars one or project cars two it yeah. wasn't sim racing and it got some absolute um it got absolute pellets thrown at it but as an arcade racer i think it's really good i think i like the fact that it's a challenge based racer because there's not many challenge based races you've got your circuit races you've got your open world races um so obviously it needed to come in with something a little bit different and i think because obviously it's only been a couple of months old I think as time goes on, they'll obviously be able to update it. And I think mm. the actual, when they get to the end of the updates, I think the finished product will be a really good, solid, fun game. Do you, um, do you think that uh, this is like, like you said, because obviously the, the Project Cars fans didn't like it. So yeah. do you reckon that this is a case of, would they have probably done themselves a favour? Do you think the game is different enough they could have kept it in the project cars family but made it more of a spin-off oh yeah definitely they could have called it well when they were the um i did a little bit of research on this and they when it was being like being made it was actually called project cars revolution well there you go so it wasn't going to be project cars 3 it was going to be something different but obviously codemasters have they've now slightly mad studios are now part of codemasters so Mm. Because fans are that, fans are like that though, aren't they? With yeah. names, like if if you'd have named it, what was it? Revolution, did you say? Yeah. 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 If you'd have named they, it Revolution instead of three, hundred percent people wouldn't have been as critical because people because yeah. that's just how people's brains work. Like if they'd have thought, oh, it is a spin-off, so it's allowed to be a little bit different, which is silly. Yeah. But you know, no. that's how people's brains I'll work. Tell, I'll tell you why it's not it's not the same. It's because the bulk of uh, slightly mad studios was obviously working on. Uh, Fast and Furious Crossroads, you know, the uh, revolutionary oh, new Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's obviously the other reason why it's turned out like it has. But then there is, you know, obviously, th- there is another downside to it as well. Graphically, it looks like a game from the start of the generation. Really? Maybe. It, they, and it's a little bit... But then, obviously, it's going to be upgraded for the new consoles, so mm. I've got a digital edition, so straight away, as soon as I get a new console, when I do, it will obviously be upgraded to the scaling on there anyway. So the Series S or the Series X, X version will obviously be of a higher standard. The thing is, the only the issue I have with the graphics is because actually, it's, for me, the graphics don't bother me too much because the game's good fun. If the game wasn't fun, it would have been a massive, I, mm. you know, I would have bit felt really hard done by by paying for it. Mm. Um, but whereas Project Cars 2, the rain effects in Project Cars 2 are incredible. And even the night racing in Project Cars 2, the way the lights glisten in through the night and everything, it looks beautiful. Um, but this one, the rain and the night racing... Um, it's a little leaves a little bit to be dis. What's the word? I I just you can't compare the graphics. Project Cars 2 is a better looking game. 
if you know which is a shame but then i understand why maybe the graphics have taken a downturn and because they're obviously preparing it it's come out so close towards the new mm. console i think the series s and x version will have hugely updated graphics it and the fact that it's me it, it, sorry, it always amazes me when a game comes out and it looks worse than the previous. <laughs> like, how like, do they even manage it? Surely it's like, the same engine. Like, like Battlefield 1, and it's a little bit off topic, Battlefield 1 was so much better looking than Battlefield 5. Yeah, yeah, it was. Like, how do they yeah. do that? <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> Screw it up so much. I know. It's it's crazy, isn't it? It's almost like they, they take out bits that they... Th- they obviously play around with the graphics engine, but they take out bits so they can add mm. more content uh, to make it run on the same processor. Do you think it's a similar similar thing that, that happens? Because like, you, you were talking about this with the F1 games. Yeah. You don't think it's a similar thing where they're uh, going to go backwards on, on yeah, content so that the next game feels really good? Maybe, maybe. Because obviously yeah, there's a... Like, yeah. yeah. Next-gen games, like all the sports games and stuff. Yeah. Well, even yeah, Pez. We've, Pez is just an update this year, so they're not yeah. actually they're building an engine for the next gen. They're not bothered about you know, the I game know, engine. I reckon, I reckon what it is is because there's so many consoles now trying to hit 4K that trying to hit 4K 30 frames is pretty impossible, you know, on mm. uh, on consoles w- without a lot of sacrifice. And so the people that aren't playing on 4K take the brunt of that with the whole game being downgraded a little bit to get that 30 frame feel let's know? be honest yeah how many console gamers are actually playing at 4k you know <laughs> i don't know because oh, not... 4k tvs yeah. are getting a bit cheaper aren't they? they are but i bet you that there, there, there's there's a smaller uh number than there is just normal people playing on a normal tv i don't know yeah. i don't know yeah. i don't know i don't know i don't know i, don't know. I mean i'm just this pure pure speculation from my brain but i just don't know a lot more uh, accessible than say a 4k monitor is true Uh, of course of course of course i just i just Mm. i don't know i don't know Mm. it's always something that i've thought about Mm. okay so uh, what's your song for the uh month oh well it could be so obvious um (laughs) so yeah obviously going back to meeting kelly from the stereophonics um so this was my favorite track from the last album actually um it's called don't let the devil take another day and it's quite apt for this year actually because it's the chorus is amazing in it but it's funny how it came out last year and it's sort of it's very apt for everything that we've been through this year so yeah it's a very positive song as well so it's yeah stereophonics don't let the devil take another day bloody hell that's a long title sorry i'm i'm, I'm just saying <laughs> Take a 
Sam, what's your um, medium memoirs? Well, I'm about to reveal to you guys that Will's not the only weave here. No, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite shows of all time, mm. and that is Agritsuko. I don't know if you've ever heard of that show. I'm um, no. Will has. <laughs> Will. It's on. It's on Netflix. It's is this on... something? Is this something that you've ever shown me before, Will? No, no, I okay. don't. I, I'm, okay. I've not really watched it to be honest. No, because he makes fun of me for liking it, so probably not. Is it an? An- <laughs> is it an anime? Uh, yeah, I guess he. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Animes are cool. <laughs> oh, no, oh the, the tones about anime have changed now. <laughs> Well, I I see I like the manga anime, but then if you're suggesting an anime, I'd just say no because it's um to wind you up, Will. <laughs> no, this one um if you never well you guys have never heard of it. Agritsuko is basically about this 25 year old red panda. She works in an office. She's an accountant, and it kind of I feel like a lot of people can relate to it because it kind of just like, the theme is, like, working in an office with a boss that always is, like, putting you down. Um, what it's like to work, like, in an office, like, in a white-collar job. And um, she's just trying to find her way in life and uh, has a lot of pent-up rage. So when she gets off work, she goes and does um, death metal karaoke. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's something I wish I could be. <laughs> yeah, worry. she's like this sweet little red panda. She's nice to everybody. She's she'd do anything for anyone. Um she's just trying to find her way in life and that's how she copes. But um I kind of binge watch season three because every time a new season comes out I just have to watch it through. <laughs> um But I like it because it's really relatable and um I don't want to say what happens in the season because if people haven't seen it I don't want to spoil it. Give us the gist. Like, what's the, what's the story so far? Tell us everything. <laughs> I want to know what the death metal songs actually comes are. That's what I want to know, the music side of it. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I mean, she just puts on a tune, and then her songs are just about, like, her day, like, what she's going through, what she's feeling. Like, she just makes the lyrics up on her own. I um, think... I think there's a common misconception like for people who don't watch anime i think there's a common misconception that animes are all just like crazy like Careful. unrelatable things <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like they, they, i feel like that for people who just don't watch it but there are actually hidden messages and hidden meanings and actually for a lot of anime fans there are so many relatable things that these that these shows offer for people that I don't think a lot of people that don't watch them would really understand. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I just thought, like, when I first discovered it, I was like, oh, it's a red panda and she loves death metal. This is for me. Like... <laughs> 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 but, um... I mean, it touches on that. It touches on what it's like working in an office and, you know, people think that it's, like, some cushy job, but it's actually really stressful and I know that now because I used to work like, I guess, a blue collar job. And now I work in an office and it's not as like easy as some people think it is. There's still a lot of stress there. It's just a different kind of stress. Um, mm. But yeah, she's this particular season. Um, 
she just went through a breakup and she <laughs> like it starts out she uh she goes online and she she gets this game it's a vr boyfriend <laughs> That sounds like something Will would get. Yeah, I've never, I've yeah, never, well, you're saying Will would get it. He has got it, hasn't he? These kind of games, I don't know, they're, they're, they're weird. Just, ugh. No, I'd stay away from anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but she ends up getting herself into some debt, and then um, then shortly after that, she like backs her car into this other guy, and she's worried that she's going to have to spend money for the damages but she ends up doing like a side gig where she actually joins as like the accountant for this uh idol group of these girls and she eventually progresses to being the lead singer and like the whole thing changes like it's like this like j-pop band and that changes to having like that but with some death metal vocals and she's the lead so, all the characters are other creatures right Yes, yeah. yes, they're all animals, <laughs> which is why Will makes fun of me for it. I was going to ask, what, what, what is it, Will? Like, what do you mean? What, why don't you like it? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't not like anyway. it. I don't I'll tell like... you why. I'll tell you why, because oh. he's, he calls me a furry, because I like that show, <laughs> and I like, I like Beastars, that's another one I've watched, but he doesn't understand that I watch these shows for, like, the, the social issues that they... Yeah. Yeah, Will. God, you're so dense, Will. <laughs> like the ones you've shown me, Will, in the past. I have shown I mean, you some top class anime. Like, like I, I did enjoy the Ruby episodes that I watched. Yeah, no, but... Ruby's not proper good. But yeah, this anime is kind of um, like stylized in like a kind of, I guess, like a chibi style. Would you say? It's well, it's Sanrio. Like, it's part of yeah. Sanrio. Agatsuko is like part of that. Like Hello Kitty, all that stuff. Cinema Roll. But it's a really good show, and I recommend anyone that works in an office to watch it, because you can definitely relate. I think it definitely is like kind of comedy with, uh, and then it kind of switches yeah. sometimes to be too real. Yeah, but it's not just about that. It's about like being like our age, you know. Mm. Like I'm 26, and like trying to find your way in life, decide what you really want, like finding love, just everything that revolves around being this age, because yeah. it's scary, and that really just shows how scary it is, like, anyway. You always, you, you, you always kind of, I don't know if you feel the same, Ben. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Uh, uh, but, you know, you kind of, when, you, when, you, when you're younger, when you're in your teens, you kind of think, oh, yeah, my 20s, I'm being an adult, uh -huh. I feel like an adult, you know, I'm going to have my everything sorted out, and I kind of just... I'm still like, what, 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 what am I doing? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not as fun as I thought when I was a kid. Like, living alone, having all the bills yeah. to pay. Like, you can't do everything. Like, when you were a kid, you're like, you know, I can go and yeah. spend money on this and that. I can't do that. <laughs> not anymore. The, the, the 20s are absolutely way over-glamorized. Like, they are not as yeah. as as glamorous as we all thought they were going to be. For sure. Definitely. Jesus, Definitely listen not. to you guys. Sorry, just wait till you get in the Sorry, This was 50 years ago for you. So. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's it. Well, that's it. I'm, so I'm, I'm early 40s. So it, yeah, but then it, it, it just carries on going. You just take the best bits Don't of life me. when you get them. So. Yeah, you got it all figured out. Is that what you're telling us? 
You got life no, chance. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I, th- I think, I'm, yeah, I'll still be chasing after famous pop stars. <laughs> hey, excuse me. Yeah, what? when I'm in my fifties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, what else? Difference. Sorry, the difference. Oh. The difference will be when we're like chasing after celebrities in our sixties, Will and Sam. <laughs> It's going to be like YouTubers and Twitch streamers. Yeah. Oh, God. Hey, oh, are, you, are you a ninja? Are you a ninja? <laughs> I'll be having to find off the fangirls off of Will when he's old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, I'm boxing with you. I remember the one where you pulled out the Call of Duty socks. Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> and it was clearly Modern Warfare 3 on the socks. Yeah, like three times. Do you know that guy that was the death of Loot Crate after your unboxing videos? Yeah, I fucking destroyed him. You destroyed him. That's going to be it, guys. He's going to be famous one day. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're the, you're the one that blocked me once. And I'll tell Excellent. you what, if someone jumps out of their van and runs after me while I'm on the phone, they'll be getting a swift kick in the nuts. Anyway, no, no, you'll be running. You've got a track record. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fine. He runs from all his fans. That's fine. He'll be back. Oh, dear. You got a Mountain Dew on you? We can lure him. <laughs> <laughs> we can lure him. Oh. Chief. Crap. Oh, okay. What else, Sam? Make it pizza flavored. <laughs> Okay, so I know that this album came out a year ago, and that's why I want to talk about it. it is, like, the one-year anniversary just passed last month of this album, but it is by one of my favorite bands of all time, easily number one. And that's Slipknot, is the band, and We Are Not Your Kind is the album. Um, yeah, been, this I've is a listening. great album. Yes, it is. It it's is. a great album, it's, yeah. It goes all over the place, though, because they, you know, they released, uh, what was the first one that they released? All Out Life, which went, that song went so hard, I swear. <laughs> and then they just released, like, two more songs after that and then the album. Um, but then you listen to the whole album, and it's like, it's not just that. And I easily, like, I think, I think the greatest album of all time had to have been, like, their first one. And then Iowa would be second, and this one would probably be a close third. Um, but when I first had heard All Out Life, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be like Iowa. This is going to kick ass. Like, you know, it's going to be great. And it does. It definitely does. But it doesn't have all heavy songs. Like, there are a few that are more emotional. Um, and the song Spiders on the album, actually, is just, like, totally different than anything else on the album. But it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I was going to say, because my favourite Slipknot album is the Subliminal Versus oh, one. Yeah. I think that... But I think since Slipknot did Subliminal Versus, they have steadily built this sort of wall of sound style to it. Because the thing is what Slipknot do as well, they are... Like, Corey Taylor's very clever in that he's turned them into a serious stage show. So if you go yes. and see them rock band you want to see you know Slipknot in their first couple of albums they you know they were out of control they were crazy and that was the mentalness of it Uh but then as they progressed they've actually obviously there's been a lot of heartache in that band as well but it's all um 
they've taken it on board and the actual show because i when that album the last one came out last year the one you're talking about mm-hmm. i started to show my son like footage because they did a um live gig for the bbc at made Vale studios and it was on iplayer for a couple of weeks so they pretty much they had that live gig on um on the bbc iplayer for a couple of weeks and i showed it to my son and it is such a they are so good at engaging the the crowd oh my gosh yes i saw them i actually went to see them live a month after the album came out and that's easily which i haven't been to many concerts but that's easily my favorite of all time just like the energy of the crowd like the entire Mm. standing area was a mosh pit it wasn't a pit just in the middle the whole thing was insane and i was in the up in the seats which i'm glad for because i probably would have died (laughs) (laughs) but it's such a good time like they really do get the crowd in like you said they really engage the crowd they make you feel like just one big family you're all here for the same thing that you love like in they even say in their concerts like you said you know even if you feel like you don't have a family we're your family we're here for you yeah they do and i i love to think because around subliminal verses they started to take the masks off and i thought that was a little bit I didn't. I love the album, but I didn't like the fact they took the masks off because I think, to be honest, the masks is all part of the show as well. Yeah, that's a little good bit. Thing. I think. I mean, obviously, it's it's too much to call them like this era's version of Kiss because they're they're so far better than that. But <laughs> yeah. the whole thing of the stage show of it and the whole thing of this is that Slipknot on the stage telling a story to their fans as well you know mm-hmm. and it sort of goes with this generation it's the thing is as well they know they're very accomplished artists they're really good with their instruments and you can tell by the actual just the production on most of their you know when they need to slow it down they slow it down and it another layer to what they do but obviously when they can pick it up and when they get really intense that intensity they're there's not many bands that have the intensity that they have. Um, you know, stuff like from their early albums, Spit It Out, is so intense. Like, oh, yeah. it's just crazy. <clears throat> like, Eyeless, that's my favorite song by Slipknot. And that one, that one is intense. Like, holy cow. Some of that stuff I just turn on and it, it just, like, puts you in a whole different headspace. Like, it's definitely my angry music. <laughs> <laughs> but they, like, when I went to see them for the uh, Not Fest, I think Behemoth opened, which, you know, that, that kind of set the mood. And then, like, right before they played, Volbeat came on, and I was like, I just sat back. I was like, oh, oh well, I should just go get a drink or something. Because <laughs> that kind of toned it down a whole lot, um, which I yeah. think is good at concerts. They really should try to switch it up a little bit so the crowd doesn't go completely insane, which I don't even think it helped. <laughs> well, that's what happened in the early days. There were so many stories. Oh, no. the, you know what they would do on stage in the early days and it was so i would say it's you know it's so hardcore what they were doing on stage mm-hmm. in terms of they were using human um human sort of what would you say i can't i can't remember the words human now. remains yeah well <laughs> they, their, they own, their own their own body fluids were being flung around on stage quite oh, a lot I see. um <laughs> yeah and the crowd were getting into it as well um they were, you know, they were, but they were doing stuff that was no other band was doing. They brought the intensity, and that was the idea to bring the intensity to music. 
Mm. You know, Coy Taylor's a very clever musician. Even his solo stuff, he's, he's released some solo, he's releasing a solo album. Um, so, do you like Stone Sour as well? Yeah, I listen to some Stone Sour. That's like them turned turn down about two or yeah. three, but yeah. <laughs> that's, them, that's them doing their Bon Jovi set. Um, it's, you know, I've seen Stone Sour. Stone Sour is the one I saw live. Um, but I've, yeah, really good, really good band. Yeah, and not, not just their sound, but like the lyrics too. I mean, it, they really like tap into just the dark things that nobody really talks about, like what you're feeling, just... Like, one of my favorite songs on the album is The Liar's Funeral, and, like, some of them just, like, really get you, like, right at the core of your soul. Like, they just make you feel things that you didn't know you need to feel. And that's what I look for in music. Like, if I'm feeling happy, I put something good on. If I'm feeling, like, completely awful, and I I turn to Slipknot. I listen to them pretty much daily. (laughs) Not because I always feel bad. Nice. It's really good good stuff. Um, so I would uh, love to see them live again if it ever the world ever returns. If the world ever gets back to, yeah. back to yeah. normal. Well, last year they did a lot of touring around their yeah. new album last year. There was loads. They were over here quite a lot. They played yeah. like obviously they headlined Download, which is like the massive metal festival at um Donington. But yeah, they were they did loads of promotion stuff over here for that album. You know, they really did they really did embrace the UK. Really yeah. did. I went to see, I actually drove like all the way to Alpharetta, Georgia to see them, which is like three hours away. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. That is. Yeah. Next, next time Will goes back over to the States, you need to take Will to a Slipknot oh, gig. Chuck him in the mosh pit. Well, he actually likes their music. I like some of it in the car a lot. I was surprised. I like the more kind of, soft songs i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i'd die i i would just be no, dead we'll just, i'd pay we'll just good money see. to see that <laughs> yeah, next time we want, we'll, we'll go yeah. see baby metal together and we'll, we'll go down in the pit oh no i'll die then Live stream i was in the i was in the pit one time ever and that was at a bring me Home horizon concert and i my anxiety instantly went through the roof and I had to get out. I was like, oh my gosh, just a wave of people all the way up to the front, just pressing you. It's, it can easily not be fun. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've been in those, I've been in pits. I've been at the front for things. And I remember when I, the first time I ever saw Oasis and I was right down the front and some guy next to me lost his shoe. And then he's, he's, He's bending over to look for his shoe. You're like, oh, no. don't do that. You're going to end up being knocked over and then moved to the back. Spine. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. But I, I uh, yes, yeah, I've been into like Bullet for my Valentine when I read in festival, I was in the mosh pit for them. And that oh, was, boy. that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. that was mint. That, Once I had people's body parts yeah. in my face, I had to get out. <laughs> oh, God. It does. It gets crazy. People just, obviously the nice thing is though, in most mosh pits now, if you fall over, they do sort of. There's always someone that, that opens and picks you up. I've not yeah. been, I've not seen a mosh pit where nobody doesn't help each other out, but it can be quite scary if you've never been in a pit before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I had to so, get out, everyone was like, they were making a path for me. They're like, get out of the freaking way, let her out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's crazy. It's uh, actually, you know what else as well? The Prodigy Reading Festival 2009. I was three rows from the front for that. That was in that was intense. I, I, me and my brother were stood next to each other, and because the Prodigy do this amazing sort of dance stroke, heavy metal show stroke, rock show, it's all everything combined. Mm-hmm. The intensity of that. And every time I sort of I could feel people on my shoulders all the time because there's so many people surfing the crowd. Yeah. And it was just amazing. But I can't remember as the gig only lasted for an hour. But I, all I can remember is I had to carry on jumping up and down. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have fallen down. So <laughs> yeah. Was, I, and I couldn't move out of the crowd because of how close we were. And it was just the craziest hour and I can't remember. I still can't remember the the songs that they played because I was just up, jumping up and down all the way through. <laughs> and I'd have someone on my shoulders, and then there would be someone else climbing on my shoulders, and I'd just be like, "Who are you?" And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. People just yeah. let their walls down. I think at concerts they they just yeah. like you you see the primal side of people almost. Yeah, it's, yeah. It gets intense. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a yeah, Escape. It it's one of those things I miss so much. I had so many gigs that I've that I was down to go to this year, and obviously they've been cancelled until next year uh-huh. now. But it's just you miss those little moments where you can just escape and be yourself and it's be free. Primal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> primal. It really is. Let your limbs go. Just <laughs> climb on top of I've someone. been lucky this year that I've been able to go to two concerts, which is pretty yeah. Although to be to be honest, my uh, my gigs were a bit more. I mean, I guess if I'd been downstairs at Baby Metal, but Miku is very organised. The, the, the only thing there wasn't a pit. That you get. I mean, uh, Miku. The weeds you, were well organised. just <laughs> the, the only danger is you're going to get knocked in the face with a glow stick. You with, know? with a leak. <laughs> Jeez, that's more violent. Than the bands I see, you know, there's no, there's no <laughs> devices it. or anything that people are holding. Yeah, everyone's very God. considerate, though. I think there's even like guys in front of me, and they were like very tall, and they kind of formed, they opened up together and formed like a little viewing corridor between their heads. Aww, you know, so everyone was quite <laughs> considerate. We're all weaves, you know. <laughs> Just... <laughs> oh. Okay, so uh, Sam, what's your song for the month? Okay, so it's actually not a Slipknot song, but it's a song that I've had I've had on like repeat constantly. It's um, Pisces by Ginger. Be a friend of mine 
on to me, last but not least. Well, I'm um, just going to... So. Yeah, it's a podcast ending now. Yeah. <laughs> Latest and greatest. I'm going to continue the music theme um, actually this month for my first uh, discussion. It has been 10 years <laughs> and they're finally back with a bang. Yes, my friends, mm-hmm. Pendulum. Oh. I could not believe it. It's been I've been waiting for the return of Pendulum for so long. And and yes. I'm so glad week. you said Pendulum because I was worried you were going to say Steps for a moment. No, it's not Steps. Last week, Pendulum released two brand new tracks. And uh, they're quite different, actually. It's interesting. The first one is uh, called Driver, and it's very kind of like hold your color era style of music and it's it's cool that it kind of um it, a bit kind of links in from the last song um from immersion because in that last song the uh, the last bit of music is somebody kind of going underneath the water and so they kind of open back up 10 years later with like a breath of someone kind of uh, you know breaching the water which i thought was very cool but it's very kind of drum and bass back to their roots style song no real kind of lyrics just kind of like automated voice kind of a loop and it's it's really good it's kind of like proper drum and bassy like kind of what got me into pendulum in the first place and that's good it's, it's a good song i mean it's not the kind of pendulum that i'm the biggest fan of now because there's, there's their sound kind of changed over the years from like hold your color which is really drum and bassy to in silico which is kind of very like a mix between kind of dance rock style music and then immersion which i think was kind of full almost rock Style well, they music. did the um, they've done the prodigy thing, haven't they? Yeah, they, they did saw... a remix. Yeah, yeah, they did a remix kind of in their uh, hold your color days, I think. And they used to play that. They play that a lot of gigs, as well. And that goes that always goes down a treat at their gigs. But uh, the second song that they released, with it, which they have a video for as well, it's called uh, Nothing for Free, and it's proper like immersion era pendulum with rob swire's like voice you know all the, like just that that iconic voice that he has with all the kind of crazy instruments that he uses and it's like a proper like ah uh, i don't know it feels right that it's come out in 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 2020 like the the the, the, the kind of lyrics are kind of um the video is very much like based on the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic i would say like it's uh the video itself is like I don't know, I guess uh, it's like a pandemic has happened, but in, in, in the world of kind of bunny rabbits, I guess. So it's like a bunny rabbit pandemic. And it kind of goes through the story of like, you know, all the different things that have happened in our kind of pandemic mirrored in like a in like a bunny pandemic. So like alien anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers, you know, things like that, how easily it spreads and stuff. So it's an interesting choice, to say the mm-hmm. least, to kind of... Uh, go full against the anti-maskers and stuff but the song itself i think is more of like i don't know i'd say the lyrics are more like two kind of lovers who are in like keep quarreling about um kind of meaningless things you know but to them it's like the most important thing in the world and like nothing you know there's there's nothing else that matters like some some of the lyrics you know we've got a battle of the ages calling the cavalry through your phone like uh you know uh having an argument and then starting to kind of talk about it to your, to, to your girlfriends or, or your mates or whatever. And, uh, you know, kind of 
making these two huge sides over an issue that you know isn't actually really important uh so it's kind of an interesting take on kind of uh okay i guess kind of relationships and things but man is it is it a is this a banger lads it's a, it's a real banger of a song like it is a proper like pendulum immersion song and i just i mean it was worth waiting 10 years for this one song well didn't they do a um a like a redux album as well a couple of years ago yeah, where they, they re-stripped like... all their stuff and they re-put it all together well, i like pendulum so i've i need to listen to that but they, uh, they, they did, um they did an album where a lot of um artists remixed their old songs but i mean yeah I don't know if that, that because obviously they came back in 2016 uh, for um oh, it was a big festival uh, in uh, in in New York and it was their first live show since 202010 and they obviously came back then and since then you know four years of kind of like are they going to release new stuff and they're like no we're going to do this this kind of remix album first where people remix our old stuff and I was like yeah I mean it's nice to hear kind of new sounds but it's still the same you know the old songs. So it's uh, it was it was really good to kind of have new actual new music from Pendulum again because they were they were probably my second favorite band of all time, Pendulum I would say after Infected Mushroom and uh... Taylor Reed. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> you love that song, mate. You love that song. Mm. Yeah, I was I was so excited and they've been dropping hints for for a few couple of weeks now and I was just like, come on, give it to us, give it to us. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're back and it's amazing. It's incredible. Can't believe it. Can't believe they've done this. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Oh yeah, and I, like it's just nice to have a like pen because obviously I mean I guess like they they, they kind of stopped pendulum because they want to focus on knife party, which are a bit more of a like a club band I would say, and they had a couple of knife party songs that were pendulum esque and they had Rob Swire's vocals, but it was never like the pendulum kind of rock D and B kind of style, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of uh, yeah, twenty twenty is saved. <laughs> just like just like that. Oh, yeah. like that. Turkey Twizzlers are back. Pendulum fingers. are back. You know, I mean, we've gotten it all this year. We're getting it all. <laughs> Orange twelve. What's going on? Wait, yeah. what? That's crazy. Orange twelve. <laughs> not... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! Let's just slow it down a minute. <laughs> you know, orange twelves. Orange, orange twelves, mate. Yeah. Oh. Um, my god oh, i know turkey kisses oh. fucking everything Everybody's yeah well back. i did also see that giant chocolate buttons they now do giant chocolate orange buttons as well oh jamo you just chocolate orange isn't it i know oh. it's chocolate orange this year is um, <laughs> i know um, you cut me open i'm made of chocolate orange <laughs> <laughs> oh. Makes oh, yeah. Me so yeah it's like <laughs> I know it's the year of two halves, I guess, because uh, it's definitely given some some uh, you know entertainment venues time to explore, but also at the same time kind of killed a lot of the entertainment industry in, in the world. So. It's so sad because obviously, like there's a lot of really classic theatres and gig venues, especially in London, yeah. that may not be able to reopen again. And these are venues that are just have so much history about them. Mm. Have you know have had some of the the best shows of all time on and you know had you know been like first gig places for so many classic bands and now they can't obviously the gigs that are scheduled for next year they've already had the money in for those gigs but then obviously so you know that's how they're getting by and it's just it's so sad you know this year was 
changed so many things that obviously you know there's reasons for it but this year so many things have changed that we realize how much we miss and love them yeah you know in mm-hmm. terms of just escapism even when this is all over like everything's going to be different for sure. I just yeah. going to the movies. Like that's the thing I miss the most. Yeah, same. Yeah. That's definitely one yeah. of the worst yeah. industries. Because even you know, Tenet would have probably made a mint normally. Yeah. It's made. Yeah. Well, it made less than two hundred million. Yeah. yeah, and look at Mulan as well, going yeah, straight yeah. to Disney well, Plus. That has affected deserve. cinemas. Yeah, so it's badly. Controversy around Mulan. But... Mulan definitely deserves mm. to just die in a hole. Yeah. Like, uh, just, uh, I can just. Uh, Anyway. <laughs> anyway, positive stuff. Positive stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah. um, I, I'm not going to talk about a game this 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 this, this month. I, I really thought about what to talk about a second, but this show is just the fucking best thing I've ever seen. Did I talk about this already? I'm trying to remember if I did. <laughs> I, don't think I so. thought you were talking about the podcast being the best thing you've ever seen. What did I talk about so... last month? Bug snacks. Bug snacks. Bug snacks. Um... Oh, here we go. <laughs> and Bugs someone Sacks. else. That, are we talking Cracker Jacks? Did I talk about Star yes. Trek Lower Decks yet? No. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Right. Now, you, you, when this was announced. Yeah, I will admit mm-hmm. that when this you was announced, were not happy. I when when so Star Trek yeah, Lower Decks was... is the first Star Trek animated show since Star Trek the animated series back in like the sixties. Or the 70s, whenever it was, right? And obviously, when it was announced, I'll admit, I was sceptical. Because it just looked... And it, it's, it's by one of the creators of Rick and Morty, which is the worst That's thing it ever made. That's why. And uh, I was uh, I was sceptical of this. I thought this is going to be stupid and ridiculous, right? <laughs> I have been proven so wrong. It's actually insane. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't often admit my mistakes. But uh, I will admit that I was wrong. This show, so this show is set just after, just after Star Trek: The Next Generation, and deep, kind of deep. I think yeah, just just after the Next Generation, I think it's set a little bit after kind of Deep Space Nine, Voyager, all the all the shows we love, just after those, and it's nuts how much it feels nice to be back in that time period because obviously we've got discovery which was before uh, the original series and it's very kind of grim gritty picard which while it was nice kind of being back with captain picard it fucking destroyed a lot of things <laughs> right like there was a lot of like i mean great like great star trek references but it's set kind of way in the future when picard's mm-hmm. an old man and it's again kind of a kind of darker, grittier uh-huh. kind of Star Trek. Uh, with I mean, it you know brings back some great characters, but it also does some things to those characters that you kind of hate, <laughs> you know. So uh, Star Trek Lower Decks is, is set after the Next Generation with a completely different crew, and it's kind of like uh, set on on a ship that is you know like a second tier ship. They don't they don't go and do the big missions like the Enterprise. They don't they don't go and uh, do first contact. They're not on the, the the fringes of space. They're the ship that, uh, you know, sorts out second contact after the first contact has been made. They're the ship that goes to a, you know, a bog planet to kind of fix, you know, their filtration system. They're the kind of backup ship. You know, they're, they're not they're not the main ship in the fleet. And it's uh, all, all ensigns. So all the main characters are all the ensigns. So the, the bridge crew is still there, but it focuses on like the lowest 
kind of uh, the lowest rank on the ship and it's just hilarious mm-hmm. it is so <laughs> funny like some great like proper star trek throwbacks like really good like fan service references to like some of the characters and a lot of the memes that star trek has spawned over the years lots of kind of um, you know nods to like they even say like talk about some of the the big characters like you know picard and Worf and things they'll mention them in conversation like oh you know i just heard what you know happened on the enterprise the other the other the other week and things like that it's just oh sam's been watching it with me haven't you sam yeah yeah and, and it feels so good that you love it now when you were just completely crapping on it. Because <laughs> he hates Rick and Morty so much. And he was like, this looks like just like Rick and Morty. It's terrible. I can't, be- I can't believe what they've done. <laughs> <laughs> and it even, like, opens the gateway for some of the, like, uh, characters to come back. In, like Because obviously, you know, actors are too old or whatever. So, I mean, there's some fun little kind of uh, cameos in there as well. Uh, and, and, and even even more to come and it's just i don't know man this is what star trek needed this is the kind of star trek we need this year is this kind of optimistic kind of silly look into the future you know like oh and if you've watched it just know just know that will would be boimler definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the main character boimler has like the sense and he was like obsessed with starfleet and everything that it stands for and always wants to you know, follow in the rules yeah <laughs> I mean, it's just, oh. if you're a fan of Star Trek, I really think you'd like it. Cause I'm, uh, uh, but it has split the, 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 the community of Star Trek. Oh, really? Because uh, obviously there are purists that are like, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like oh. you were before you saw it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. That sounds like Will, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you're going to give it a one-star review before even seeing it. Oh, it's crap, because I'm not, I don't like cartoon characters. <laughs> I, mean, I was excited of, for it. A lot, a lot of Star Trek fans really are like, nope, there's no Star Trek after Enterprise, and that's it. All the new Trek is trash. The new movies are trash, and it's just like, how can you be so bitter? You know, mm. Star Trek's all about the future and like, you know, a, a utopian version of the future. How can you like? It's just what fans are like. Yeah, it's uh-huh. fan. Fan, fan bases we, are just we, toxic. Yeah. yeah, we touched on this even when we were talking about project cars earlier the yeah. the thing is a fan base of a certain nature they all um if they don't get what they want they're immediately jumping up and down on stuff before they've even seen what something's all about or watched or heard or listened it's um yeah i think i i think obviously with star wars we have the same thing people just hate certain aspects of things it's going to happen with the marvel universe as well you know once mm-hmm. all what the they new... do next yeah it's yeah. going to be the same thing it's you're going to get all this fanboyism and hate towards the next um yeah. Like, oh yeah finished yeah finished in infinity war or end game yeah, that, yeah. that was that was the last one <laughs> nothing else matters yeah why are you gonna call me out like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think the future is bright for Star Trek, and I think oh, I don't know. There's so many shows in development. So you've starts season three of Discovery starts uh, October the fifteenth, and now they have like free reign to do whatever they whatever they want in that show. No one else, no one can moan and groan about canon anymore because there's none of that left. You know, yeah. they're they're kind of spoilers. 
don't listen to the next 10 seconds if you've not seen season 2 Sam anyone but yeah they kind of get flung so far into the future that it's like nope all of Star Trek is long gone and it's clean slate now new and then um, you've got Strange New Worlds which is the Captain Pike series uh, which is going to be kind of more more of like old school Trek with like the the episodic stories rather than the season style stories same as Lower Decks kind of has episodic stories and there's no season long arc which is like proper Star Trek although I think Deep Space Nine had uh, season long arcs I guess and it was probably one of the best uh, Star Trek TV shows and then you've also got the kind of Section 31 TV show which I don't know about that that looks a bit iffy to me and uh, Star Trek Prodigy, which is another cartoon show aimed at kids on Nickelodeon. So there's there's everything. everything. Like, Star Trek is really on its, like, big, big old choo-choo train right now. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a good time to be a Star Trek fan. Don't you mean it's on its choo-choo enterprise? <laughs> <laughs> it's going at warp speed. <laughs> oh, there you go. Dab, dab, dab. Cling on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, that's uh, the end of the show. I would like to thank you all so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, just anywhere the social media exists. Everywhere. We're there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My song uh, for the the podcast is uh, Nothing for Free by Pendulum, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We got the symptoms of a cold war. All of our troubles and make believe. We're dying on our own soil. Calling your friends onto the teeth. There's nothing for you. Got a